0: Welcome to the Ocean Cruises podcast, hosted by Andy H. This week we are speaking to Georgia and Diego from the YouTube sailing channel, Unforgettable Sailing. Georgia and Diego are from Brazil and started cruising on a 32-foot Sparkman and Stevens, which was a family project boat. They started their journey with the intention of only sailing around Brazil and to work their jobs remotely whilst travelling. But from Brazil they travelled to Venezuela and then into the Caribbean, where they decided to move to a larger boat. After purchasing a Geno 36 in the Virgin Islands, they unfortunately lost that boat to a hurricane only after three months, so the boat search was back on. They now sail a Catalan-built Northwind 435, a solid blue water cruiser, which they bought with the intention to cross oceans. They are now in French Polynesia and have just welcomed a baby girl in Tahiti. You can learn more about Georgia and Diego on their YouTube channel, Unforgettable Sailing. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and download the audio on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Enjoy. Well,
1: yeah, you know, like each year, each um, Yeah, they're incredible. It's like if you picture something between like what's the Tom Hanks film where he's stuck on the island. I can't remember.
2: Castaway. Yes,
1: no. Yeah, Castaway. Cast yeah, it's yeah. like something in between that and then the islands that they shot the TV series Lost on. Although, I don't know yeah. where that was. I think that was in Hawaii. No, no that, I think that was Hawaii, wasn't it? Or maybe Castoré was, was in Fiji. Castoré was in Fiji. Oh, yeah, so similar. Yes. So, yeah, it reminds me of those places, which are the places I've always wanted to go to.
2: Yeah, it's super beautiful here. It's amazing. The nature, I haven't seen like that in anywhere else well yeah. i haven't been in everywhere in the world but from the places we've been it's just so pretty and
3: also it's it's beautiful but uh, everything framing it it's nice the culture is nice yeah. and uh like uh the way we got here it's nice you know everything contributes to, to the experience be very authentic and special mm. and yeah the anchor is here even now we are in tahiti and uh we are in downtown it's not like uh like these places you've seen you've seen but still really pretty but you sail for two hours you go to morea right here 10 miles and we can actually look at the island
2: the island, at the island here.
3: and yeah. it's yeah. just like incredible man it's incredible so there's lots of places and the, the anchorages are not super crowded especially nowadays the boats stop coming yeah so yeah it has been a great great uh, ride here for yeah. Indonesia.
1: yeah
2: and yeah Sorry, no. Please go ahead. <laughs>
1: oh no! I think if you like, if you ever plans to have a baby, there's nowhere on earth you could have planned to have a baby more stunning than where you are currently. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty really, special.
2: It, yeah, it comes to what I was going to to tell you because uh, you were telling about COVID and uh, the plans we keep traveling. Yeah, we had to change our plans because of because of COVID. Because our idea was to go with our boat to Australia last mm. year, so we would be sailing all the way and stopping all the beautiful islands like Tonga, Cook Island, Vanuatu, Fiji, uh, everywhere, and then we just had to stay one year more here, but yeah. that's not yeah. bad at all, we had the chance to see more of French Polynesia, French Polynesia. and uh, yeah, just now we're gonna have the baby here, and
3: uh, yeah. yeah, it's a lucky girl, she'll be born here, and uh, still the situation is not clear, you know, it would be, like uh, all the most of the Pacific nations are still not open, so we have to stay one more year. Hmm. So that will extend our stay here in two years. But that's okay. That's that's very good. And uh,
1: it's not that like bad, here. is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: and there are so many islands here. Like uh, I think we we can spend years and years, and we won't we won't see everything because
3: yeah, there are people we, who stay. and People arrived here and just like okay, that's it. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere else.
1: Just you found paradise. See. There are so
2: many places to see yet, so we are happy to be here.
1: Yeah. What's it like there? So, like, say, for example, if you need, like, a piece for your boat, is, is that easy to get, or do you have to order it, and then it gets shipped, and it takes a while?
3: Uh, well, the, the chandlers here are... just they, they have some stuff. They have, like, a decent basic chandler, stuff. But, yeah, basic. They have the products, but the prices are high. Mm. But if you need more specific, you need to order... But uh, in normal circumstances, this process, this uh, ordering process, the flow—it's very straightforward. They mm-hmm. have like the freight carriers, everything. You just need to to deal with uh, agents and customs, which can okay. be a bit costly. But to get the part, it's not wouldn't be a problem. You know, you can get a. It's a here. It's only eight-hour flight from United States. So oh, yeah, so
1: it's not that big a deal.
3: Yeah. Also, it's a short flight from New Zealand, so you can get things in. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's pretty nice. And what about like baby stuff, for example? Have you been able to like order, can you get nappies and baby cream and all that type of stuff there? Uh,
2: Yeah, actually, you can find everything here. Like they have all the stuff, like nice things. But as Diego said, the prices are, everything is is more expensive here because Mm. yeah, it's an island in the middle of nowhere. And also it's just how it is. Mm. So we managed to get some things here. We brought a lot of things from Brazil when we were there. And we can order, we haven't ordered much from uh, outside now because right now it's taking a while for things to arrive because there are not so many flights and ships. So it's a little bit slower. But
3: just to give an idea, French Polynesia, it's this uh, country, it's not actually a country, it's uh, a territory from France, Mm -hmm. but there's hundreds of islands, maybe over 200. I'm I'm not sure how many exactly. But and then they have Tahiti, which is the main island, the capital. Yep. And the the capital of Tahiti is Papeete, the town we are in right now. And this city, it's uh, quite developed. It is kind of can uh, remind a uh, European city. It's a small, one hundred. Oh, nice.
0: One hundred thousand
3: island people in the island of Tahiti, but has a bit of everything.
0: You yeah. know,
3: just like uh, one or two stores of everything. There's not many options, but there's yeah. one. Nice baby store, there one nice boat store and uh, computer and so on. So there's yeah, a bit of everything. Need. Yeah, and there's nice coffees and uh, French uh, boulangeries and stuff like that.
1: Okay, so there's some good stuff there.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. I've got a uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee at the moment, so not quite French. In fact.
3: <laughs> we don't have Dunkin' Donuts again. Yeah,
1: i <laughs> uh, probably don't need it then, even really. Okay, right. I want to ask about the uh, tsunami that almost happened. Um, ah. <laughs> it was, did it actually happen somewhere? Was there any waves anywhere, or was it like a false alarm?
2: We actually couldn't find out till today. I think. Yeah, well,
1: there was a there was a
3: a big a big uh, earthquake north ah, right. of New Zealand. Okay. So whenever this happens, they set the alarm for all the islands. Mm. They, they so every island from New Zealand was under the alert. Uh, Fiji, Tonga. But uh, I I haven't heard about anywhere that has been uh, impacted or maybe it was, I I think it got dissipated or didn't, I don't know. I don't know what happened really, but nothing happens. Oh, yeah, it's a a good thing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: it's a good thing.
3: But (laughs) the thing is just like uh, we're here, we were in a meeting just like now and sirens are going off. And then I remember that like a few weeks earlier I have read that every first day of the month of like, uh, every each day of the month, they would do some drills. Okay. And then I thought, okay, maybe this is a drill. And we, we carry on for our day. Siren went off and that's okay. And then we are in the cockpit and a helicopter came like a military mm-hmm. helicopter came flying really low, just looking at everybody. So, okay. There's, there's Something's something going on now. On. On. <laughs> <laughs> and then, sirens again so just like no that's not a drill and yeah then a friend called us and said you heard about the tsunami then people already climbed into the mountains and stuff like that and you had crazy, and then you look online uh, oh, the wave is gonna hit Morea at uh, 1 13 uh, and that okay. was just like a quarter to quarter to to 13 so just like okay
2: and uh it was gonna come it was gonna hit two bays in the island and one of them was exactly the one we were so like okay it's it's straight it's coming straight to our direction so and uh our friend she was on land and she said oh we're going up the mountains they live on a boat but they were caught they were on the street and the police said you cannot go back to your boat yeah and uh, then we were like okay we have just 15 minutes to, to do something. What, what should we do? Because to be honest, I never thought of going through a, a tsunami on the boat. Like, do you think uh, bad weather? Maybe even a hurricane? <laughs> tsunami? I yeah, never you don't think it's
1: tsunami. Tsunami No, tsunami. You, no. you have to, to,
3: make, uh, to make decisions, but we are, you are still in shock. It's just like, oh, maybe it's nothing, or maybe it's. So yeah, I had to make a call on what to do. But the other boats were staying around. And I think that's not normal. But mm-hmm. the people here in the islands, they are used. And I think many times they prefer to to raise the alarm, to bring the alarm, and nothing happened. Then don't bring alarm and something happened. So I think they yeah. are conservative. So I think they are used. And OK, yeah, it's just an alarm. Nothing's going to happen. But it was
2: really our first time, so yeah. we are just like,
1: yeah. It was just, you know, like just watching that, it was terrifying just watching it because you ma- can you imagine just like popping your head up into the cockpit and there's sirens going on? It's like something out of a movie. It wasn't, you know, it, wasn't, it didn't even <laughs> yeah. feel real.
2: Yeah, and you and it like, was not like an ambulance siren where like sirens all around like the
1: Yeah, yeah it was like something out of like a, a disaster movie or something, but... And then you're <laughs> obviously like so-so pregnant as well. And uh, Yeah,
2: this was something that impacted also.
1: Yeah, but actually, Diego, the um, well, you were having like a little conversation about the safety and you were like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And obviously, you're, you've got a lot of offshore experience. So you've yes. probably had some training with that. Uh, but yeah, yes. I, I was watching it with my wife and uh, she was like, oh my God, he's really good. Like he knows what he's talking about. I was like, hey, it's his job. So he should, he should know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but uh,
2: even I, I'm always surprised like how he comes with these things, like very calm and okay, I'm going to explain you what to do. Then yeah. <laughs> what to do and like, okay, where did he come with all this information from and all these uh, procedures? But yeah. it is really important, actually.
3: You, you know that uh, you're used to it as well. When we are there working and they come with like this endless drills and things like that, sometimes it's, it can be a pain. But mm. uh, I'm happy that I can bring a lot of it to, to the boat. Whenever yeah. I got through and I, yeah. I have a way to, to tell people what to do and, and that's a good thing. It's mm. just like a, the, the best part was a great teaching from the offshore world is uh, to be prepared and know how these drills and stuff like that.
2: And so, instruct your crew yeah. also like to know what to do.
3: Because uh, not long ago I was working uh, in a uh, west coast of Africa. Okay. And, and piracy was a big, big, big menace. Mm. So we're having these piracy drills every day, every day. But in the end, you know, it's just like, uh, it, it can be annoying, but in the end, you feel, you feel prepared, you feel ready, you know what to do. It's not it's just like you're going to run around and there's yeah. a very organized plan and someone put a lot of thought on that. So it's good to have these little procedures and bring this to the, to the sailboat has been a good, has been a good thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think when they organize the, the bow site course, they, they, factored in tsunamis as as one of the things that people need to change how do i adapt well, no, it was really good i mean like you were super calm and you just like delivered these like really straight lines and i was like you know there could be like a two meter wave coming and this guy's like this is what we'll do we're gonna, we're gonna have <laughs> life jackets. We're gonna have life jackets. <laughs> <what I mean. laughs> yeah, but it was good. Cool. Like you, you know, you prepare. I don't
2: know how. I don't know how good the plan is, but we need to have a plan. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. The, oh, the, the, yeah.
1: the
3: morale, the morale was improved. So
0: that's, that's yeah, something.
1: But no, it's cool because I mean, if you are going to be staying in the, the Pacific for quite a while, and tsunamis are things that do happen yeah. there. So if if anything, it's just it's encouraged you to have a have a plan, you know, for if yeah. that type of thing does happen
2: and i think like sometimes you don't want to you don't want to talk if like get to the most extreme situation it gets really bad you mm-hmm. just like no it's not going to get to that point so i'm just not going to talk Addressing. to the crew about it i'm not going to address but it's great if it doesn't happen but it's good to just address what it, what are the possibilities to happen you know like yeah. this can, can get to this point or this point but sometimes people just don't want to talk like it would happen but it's important
1: it brings bad luck <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: no it's I mean it's, it's really good the way you dealt with it as well um so cool all right so just I suppose just to go like way back to the beginning because you guys have had a really really interesting journey since you started your cruising life um I remember watching one of your videos like quite a way back and that was when you had the very small boats I can't remember yeah. right. I think it was like 30 feet maybe or something like it was a pretty small one and um, yeah, was... yeah that was way back in the beginning and then you had another boat that got squashed in on the hard which was like pretty tragic um but yeah do you want to start from the beginning and just like explain this series of events and tragedy in the middle and tsunami and all that type of stuff uh, well
3: the 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 very beginning is just like uh, me and georgia were starting to date that was 2011 and I think it was just a way to impress the girl. I Just like, yeah, I want to say, I travel the world in a sailboat, and that, sailboat, <laughs> you know, is like that serious. <laughs> yeah, and and that sailboat is uh was uh, the the one in my family was a thirty-two feet boat, a wooden boat from nineteen sixty-five, mm. uh, made in Brazil, based on a Sparkman Stephens model. So a very seaworthy boat. But completely neglected. Uh, just like all the drawers were jamming, and uh, the electric was a mess. Everything was just it's like a week- diesel. Yeah, it was a weekend boat for a lake, basically. Mm. So it wasn't. But that was the only boat I ever sailed. The, the that was the first boat I sailed when I was ten years old, and the only one I ever sailed till I was twenty-five. So that was my idea of a sailboat. That's the only sailboat I, I knew. So just like yeah, I'm gonna sail the world in. Uh, in that boat and my dad was always very enthusiastic about this idea and just like yeah you can do it yeah go for it and so we started working slowly on this without having any idea or sailing experience but I start to work offshore and start to put some money on that boat so I have new sails uh the engine was always were always failing on us so we eventually put a new a new engine and then start to put some money I was just like okay it's getting expensive this thing. So we, we really better make something of this boat. And the idea started to, to getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And 2015, we were ready to sail and the boat was completely transformed. We, I actually entered the boat with a hammer and I destroyed the whole furniture and we built it over again. Yeah. So the boat became really nice. Like that for, was beautiful. For, the of, for the size of it, we made the, the maximum we could.
2: And we didn't know many boats, so we just uh, looking at the internet and figure out how to do things. Yeah, and- like
3: boat interiors, and then okay, let's try to do this. And we we got lucky to to count on a very good uh, how to say Marci- Carpent- carpenter? Carp- carpenter
1: carpenter, yeah.
3: And he made a fantastic job. And yeah, the boat became really nice, but mm-hmm. still I, I couldn't stand upright. I had to to yeah okay. You know, uh, and we said we said sail. We slowly climbed up Brazilian coast. And that was nice. We had no idea how to sail. Uh, so the first maybe 200 miles, we basically just motored. Yeah,
2: when we <laughs> left, just to make a really bear, uh, <laughs> uh when we left, I was terrified of yeah. sailing. Georgia but was I, cry- I was like, I, I'm going anyway. I, I will learn along the way, and I will get confident. But I was terrified.
3: She was crying every sail. <laughs>
2: just i wanted to do it so much that i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get over it uh, i'll yeah. face it but
3: brazilian coast is huge and you don't have uh, ports or sheltered bays so often at some point you had to do overnight passages and then you had like a 30 liters diesel tank 30 liters you got so, right so
1: that yeah much. that
3: doesn't yeah doesn't take us too far so okay we need to we need to sail right <laughs> <laughs> right okay and then we start to doing Improve our sailing game, and then we arrive in a place in Brazil. It's very special. It's called Ilha Grande Bay. It's just like the Bay of the Big Island. Hmm. It's a 80 miles south of Rio de Janeiro city, and it's uh it's kind of the hot spot for sailing in Brazil for cruising. cruising. Lots of bays, lots of islands. It's so pretty, very natural. And we stayed there for six months, and then we we found the cruising community because in Brazil it's not like.
2: spread all around yeah
3: yeah and the, in this place concentrates lots of cruisers and then we made friends and we started learning what was cruising because before that we were just traveling in a sailboat. We, we didn't know cruising was a big thing you know we we're very okay. naive we didn't study much it was just just a pure heart and emotion we, we so we learned there we stayed six months and then we just like uh we reassured our intentions and just like no let's keep going and maybe let's go to the Caribbean. Caribbean was the ultimate goal. And then after six months, months we left, climbed the Brazilian coast, and it was nice. And we reached Bahia, Salvador de Bahia, which is another famous city. And we felt ready, just like, yeah, let's go. And on the next season, we left the Caribbean, a great passage 11 days between uh, north brazil and barbados that was amazing a trip that i just, just like a treasure forever mm-hmm. no autopilot hand steering for 11 days we had two other Hope. friends on board and the boat is so seaworthy. that boat was everything that my my dad always uh, told me that he it was it's yeah. like fantastic sailor you know it's just like if upwind he could steer by himself i couldn't it's not like i had a Wind pilot or something. No, if you trim the sails well, it's just steer it forever.
1: Let go of the wheel. It's fine.
3: Yeah, just like yeah. A Joshua Slocum tell, tell on his book, <laughs> and yeah, the boat. I couldn't believe my eyes. You know, just like the boat on, on trade winds, full sail, and the boat, the little boat, doing seven point five eight knots. It's just like boat. I want you to go slower, please. You know, it's just like <laughs> something. I don't want to go that fast because you're not supposed to be sailing like that. And yeah, we arrived in Barbados and, of course, we got uh, the confidence increased hugely, just like we were over the moon, super happy for what we achieved. And then we knew that uh, we want to keep doing it.
2: Yeah. And after, after being on that boat for a year, and uh, then we sailed the Caribbean a little bit with that, a little bit? No, we sailed most a of lot. the Caribbean with that boat. Mm-hmm. We
3: got married. We the- got
2: married in Dominican Republic and then we, we thought okay we really want to keep doing this we long term so i we think we need a little bit of comfort more than we have because it was it was a very good sailing uh, seaworth boat but for leave leaving was hard like yeah a little was- bit small we had very limited space inside and limited water. like limited water and diesel. And then we start meeting other cruisers and seeing other boats, and was like, okay, that's how people live on sailboats <laughs> now. I understand. They have showers. Okay, they have nice showers inside. <laughs> she they had have... a boat
1: from like 1965. they can stand
2: up and they have room. Like they can open their arms and lots of stuff. And okay, I think we should start looking for a slightly bigger boat to have more comfort if we want to take it in the the long term, otherwise we're just going to get tired. And then we start looking for boats and we found a boat in the BVIs that was a Geno 36. So for us, it was a huge improvement already. Like it was from the 2008, 2008. Yeah, it was really boat. nice. It
1: was a really nice boat.
2: Yeah, so it was like a big inside, like lots of room. Yeah. So we were like, okay, this boat is nice. And then after and months it, and months of...
3: Uh, yeah, of dealing, it was a great. We managed to, to pull out a great deal.
2: Yeah, because in the beginning, we didn't have the money for that boat. And then after some months, we were talking to the broker and at some point... We, we could make it. So we bought that boat. We sailed a little, little bit in the, the BVI's. We even left uh, only the yes, USVI's, yeah, for mm-hmm. like two or three months. And this was a uh, hurricane season. OK. So yeah, we were like, we just got the boat in July, June, July, the June, middle July, of the yeah. uh, beginning of hurricane season. And then Diego had some offshore work. He left. I stayed there. And yeah, then we thought, what should we do? The boat, when we bought it, it still needed a lot of things. It was in good conditions, but we needed to do a lot of work. And we thought, OK, we just stay here, maybe like uh, put the boat on the dry.
3: Yeah, like BVI's was, was, was blooming that season. And yeah. everybody was saying, no, these are the blessed islands. We haven't been hit by a hurricane in 50 years. So everybody was really chilled. We yeah, it is there. rare
1: that it actually happens there.
3: Yeah, yeah. We're so we're just like okay. At, at first we were concerned about the hurricane, but after spending three months there, just like no, no, here nothing happens and stuff like that. And there was just like at least one thousand boats in the island. So just like okay, we're not the only boat, you know.
0: Yeah. But
2: we thought let's at least put the boat on the heart yeah. in The worst months. In and September. Then, uh, yeah. Work on the boat and then also with uh, Diego traveled to work offshore again. So.
3: Yeah, and uh, as we were just taking the boat off the water, the, the hurricane... Uh, alert. The alert, yeah. yeah. Came, okay, it's going to this direction. It's like, I oh, don't have what to do. Huh? We already putting on the hard and we have tickets to go to Brazil. So we just like put uh, extra straps and we took everything we could, just like the deck was super clean and nothing loose. And we left to Brazil three days before the hurricane hit. So we, and we landed in Brazil we just uh, following the news on the internet. And then just like was said, like San Martin got destroyed. Barbuda got devastated. And we knew that we were next. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like BVI's went uh, off comms for three days. Yep. And when communications came back, a friend that was there said, yeah, man, it's, it's terrible. The, the whole islands are destroyed and really destroyed. Then you start to see like uh, aerial footage. And uh, the boatyards, just yeah. like a war zone. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, we are committed to that thing. Just like, okay, you not to let it go so easily. We, and then we book a passage. Okay, when it's when can we go back? Oh, November first, yeah. When we go back, November first, we got our ticket and we we flew there, and we saw our boat destroyed on the ground. And our boat was kind of was has had fallen from the stands. What was kind of okay right yeah but the the boatyard was a disaster all the catamarans they flew and they capsized yeah yeah that's and like crazy. all over the place and every sort of damage in the boat you know masts uh penetrating other boats so it was i don't know i don't yeah. even like to remember that but uh, uh, image.
2: yeah, we were a little bit naive to be there to leave the boat there, but not that much because we, we made a lot sure. Of
0: people
2: we do. Yeah, 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 but okay. uh, we made sure we had insurance and we asked the insurance company before, like we're gonna yeah. leave the boat here. Is that okay? Otherwise we're gonna do something different. But they said, no, it's okay. You can live like this. And Your we did left. everything as they said. Mm. So we thought, <clears> okay, in the worst scenario, scenario yeah, we have insurance. So luckily, we managed to yeah, and then, yeah, to get. But
3: after two months calling every day to the insurance company, we yeah. got paid. Yeah, and yeah. then good. And
2: something that was that was interesting because at any point we never thought like, okay, maybe we give up if we if the boat is a total loss or anything, or even if the insurance doesn't pay us because you always scared like they find some reason not to pay you, and so many mm. boats. We were like, no, we're going to find a way and we're going to keep doing it because that's what we want to do. So, yeah, so we were
3: very positive
2: all this time.
3: We had like, okay, we're going to stay in the BVIs for how long it's possible, how long we need. We're going to fix this boat and we're going to carry on. That was the plan B. Yeah. But luckily, uh, in the end, we are happy with the total loss because it uh, BVIs became uh, complicated to leave and to fix the boat. There was no supplies. And, you know, it's, it's bad to... It's bad, like, uh, to be there competing for resources with the locals. And yeah. if, you, if you put on a, on a relative way, it's just like, okay, I lost my boat. But people there, they lost uh, everything. They lost their houses. They lost their, their jobs.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's,
3: it, we don't want to be there competing for resources with the locals, which you were kind yeah, of... Yeah, just to
1: fix your boat. Yeah.
3: Yeah, just attached. Uh, so it was a good outcome. We got the money. We left and we... We started looking for another boat,
1: but yeah. it was, uh, did it
3: was a stressful to
1: the day. insurance company. Like, did they pay you the full amount? Like How much the boat cost, yeah. the expenses, the work you put into it? Did you get everything back?
2: Uh, we got the amount of the boat, the selling, yeah. uh, like the market price that okay. uh, we insured.
3: But not yeah. the expenses, because also we are inexperienced with that. So we didn't push too much. You know, mm-hmm. just like uh, they came with an offer, which was like the price of the boat, and just like okay, that's good, and we left. But yeah, maybe uh, friends friends rejected the first offer and they got paid more and they put some extra costs. We didn't do mm-hmm. nothing of that.
1: Yeah, but if you got what but, you needed out of it, and yeah, it yeah, yeah I' like, for you to move on to the next step, then that's yeah. fine.
3: No, yeah. we were satisfied with the they presented yeah. so.
2: Just, but it was, it was a stressful period because we went back and, and uh, the boat was like all, full, uh, lots of water inside.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, it damaged a lot of stuff. But we managed to take a lot of other things from the boat. And then we have to travel the Caribbean with lots of luggage and that small planes and pay lost, extra weight. I lost all <laughs> so, my clothes. Yeah, you lost yeah. all your I, clothes. I
3: had just bought in, a, in the USVIs, I had bought a really nice set of tools. Okay. And you cannot travel with so many tools. You know, they, they wait a lot.
1: Yeah, So yeah, it's
3: like, oh, this brand new tools was kind of there in the water, rusting, and I cannot carry it. So that, <laughs> and many other things,
1: books. We lost a lot yeah, of books. Yeah, yeah. And... We
2: had to leave a lot of things behind, but in the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to, the thing is, it's like when when you have a situation like that, that's just horrible to deal with, that there is a certain price that you're willing to pay to just be like, okay, finish and move on.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Negativity out of my mind, let's just move on to the next thing. Yeah, um, so otherwise really you
2: good. just get stuck in small things. Yeah. So just like, you need to be flexible. Yeah.
1: yeah, and one
3: thing that's, uh, it's nearly unbelievable. On the last day we were in the BVI's, we were ready to, we went back to the boat, we grabbed our last stuff. we were uh, put on trolleys and we were heading to the ferry. And as we were heading to the ferry, we're just about about to board the ferry, and we looked at the name of the ferry, and it was unforgettable. I don't know called
1: Unforgettable. Yeah, I remember that. And we were
2: so I was just like, "Wow, yeah. so a coincidence!" Yeah. It's, it's just like
1: one the experience trip is... you will never forget.
3: Yeah, the, the okay. trip was uh, carry on. You know, just like and I didn't feel like uh, was finishing because I was hopping on board Unforgettable again and <laughs> we could carry on.
1: Yeah. So what, what made you, okay, so you had this like huge disaster and it was always in your mind that you want to carry on this journey. What made you then decide to get an older Spanish boat? Um, because you, you like you went from a 1965 to like this, you know, really new fancy modern Geno. Um, then you've gone to, I mean, I think the boat you've got now is probably a lot better, really. I mean, it's a lot more seaworthy and it's probably a lot stronger. Um, d- did you have that in the back of your mind? We want to get something that's bigger, tougher, tougher to go further distance
3: yeah yeah the general was a matter of opportunity we mm-hmm. had a fantastic deal on that boat okay. so it was just something we couldn't lose you know it was never the boat of my dreams i know i ended up liking a lot It sails like for the bvis i think is the perfect boat yeah and uh, but once we had the opportunity we had the cash you know just like uh, to to choose we had the ability to choose we knew what you want we wanted the boat to and uh, in this meanwhile, while we were boatless, Georgia was in Curaçao looking for another boat. And she talked to many cruisers. And she heard about the South Pacific. And we started studying a lot and became kind of obsession. So we knew that we wanted a boat that we could cross the Pacific and sail the Pacific. And as we were getting more experience, we wanted a blue. Uh, Blue water cruiser, right? Mm. We started looking, and uh, we looked at a lot of the British models, like the Westerlies, the
0: mm-hmm. Moody's,
3: and but it was hard to find. That season was, was particularly hard to find a a cruising boat in the Caribbean. We knew that we want the boat in the Caribbean because
2: we were there, like yeah, you... we were there. We want
3: to carry on there. Yeah. There's places we still want to visit, and we. We look at a lot of boats, man I, I think I looked at every <laughs> yeah. single uh, center cockpit in the Caribbean you know the internet and I got in touch but there was always something off uh, the the schedule wasn't right or the engine was bad or something you know and as we had just a refurbished the, pre- the the first boat when we a boat that was turnkey right mm. we don't want to get in a process of refurbishing again yeah yeah so it, was it, hard... it was
2: nice, but once in a lifetime was okay, enough. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a lot of hard work. Right, right now, not maybe we will do it again, but yeah. not just right there. Yeah, like yeah. after two, one or two years, do everything
3: again. Yeah. But then uh, we are just about uh, just like okay, let's wait another month and see what to do because there's no boats available, and a friend sent us the link. Oh, I found this link on Facebook and have a look at this boat and. You know, when I clicked the link, maybe I was desperate already, but when I click the link and pop up the images, I, I knew that this was the yeah. boat. It's like, man, this is, this is the boat I want. And
1: That's yeah, gorgeous. I,
3: I was offshore, Georgia was in Curaçao looking another boat that didn't work out. And it's said, okay, go, buy your tickets to, to Grenada. I'm asking my, my boss my ticket to Grenada. It's like a random island, never been to Grenada before. And we flew there with just uh, one one bet, you know, just like uh, had to had to be this one. (laughs) There was a westerly there as well, yeah, yeah. Mm. But we were rooting for this one, and work out. Uh, Yeah, didn't took long, man. We got into the boat and you know got here. Oh, the space, the inside space is really nice. And then I opened the engine uh, engine room. The engine was just like spotless, and the rigging was knew just like two years old and i knew that this would be the boat but i had never heard about north wind of mm. course and then i study a lot about it and learned about this model more
2: yeah, because it was fun. As soon as the insurance paid us, Diego started looking at every website like every day. Like, yeah. It was crazy. Like every day for months, like checking all the say, the say, uh, boats for sale. Like he knew all the boats that were in the internet. I think.
3: Boat, boat shopping is fun, man, especially this like <laughs> It's <is nice. laughs> Especially when you have some money, actually. Yeah, yeah, with
1: cool little cash in the bank. Winning.
2: It's nice. <laughs> Yeah, but then uh, it was, like I said, we saw this one, and it was everything that we were looking for on the boat, so we were really happy that uh, that we got this boat.
1: Yeah, so the idea was you just wanted to find... So, yeah, I mean, you said a centre cockpit. That's probably why you were looking at, like, Westerlies and Moody's. I know yeah. my, my boat is a Moody, so they're pretty renowned for the centre cockpit designs.
2: Yeah, I think... Uh... Diego's style of boat was uh, always more like this style of boat, like mm-hmm. your, your preference, then just like what you, you like most. The general, as, you, as he said, was a very good opportunity and upgrade for us. And then uh, after the general, we thought, OK, we want a boat in the range of 38 to 42 feet. This boat is actually 43, but mm. not such a big difference. And then we start to find characteristics we wanted on the boat and it matches yeah I remember
3: the... the first we're looking boats online and the first one we saw of the big off cabin was a moody uh 42, 42.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: just like wow you know it's impressive because you can have an actually proper oh, room yeah, yeah. bedroom and, and wow that's that's the way to go and you have comfort and you still have a v-birth so we can have guests two two, two heads so we kind of started to creating the the concept of boat we wanted, and
2: we were more also like uh, we were never too much worried about uh, a very fast boat. No. It's yeah. it's nice if you can go faster, but we were like, okay, we don't we're not in in a rush. Like, if it takes nineteen days or twenty days to cross the oceans, it won't be a big difference. No. Like, <laughs> it's already a lot. So, well, we just. Uh, yeah, we didn't look for a
3: performance, performance. Like but the, uh, yeah, in the ocean this boat and, yeah, performs really well because it as it's a tough boat, you can you can take more of it, you know, you can push yeah. it a bit harder you don't feel like I'm going to break it, you know, that it can handle.
1: What's the hold speed of that boat? I think it's around seven knots. Which is really good for considering the size and the weight of it. Yeah, it's really good yeah. performance. Yeah. So when you when you okay. So when you got this boat, how long was it before you made a plan to leave the Caribbean and then go to the Pacific? We got yeah. this boat January two thousand
2: eighteen. Yeah. The in the next year, next season. Yeah,
3: uh, one year. Yeah. So it was a one year to, and then we want to sail the ABC Islands. We stay actually. We ended up staying four months in Grenada. Uh, we were working a lot because we need to to pay for the boat and pay for the improvements. And get to know the boat also mm. I had to take it out of the water he do the bottom paint so we sail quite a bit in the Grenada, in and Grenadine San Vincent and then we start slowly moving west not slowly but
0: yeah so mm-hmm. they
3: went to los hoques in Venezuela it's uh, I think it's the Amazing. the jewel of the the Caribbean
1: yeah
3: but yeah it's, it's the it's a hard situation Venezuela faces now but the place itself is the more most pristine places and unspoiled in, in the Caribbean it's
1: just Fantastic! Yeah, wow. the, 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 Just like unspoiled, like beaches and stuff like that. Yeah, it's an archipelago. It's,
2: it's uh, around eighty miles from the continent.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, little patches of sand and some little bays. It's, and it's fantastic, man. There's like roughly, I don't know, maybe two thousand people living there. Mm. And I don't know, maybe it's the circumstances, but uh, Venezuela made a very good job looking after that that place because the the snorkeling was unmatched. It's yeah. still unmatched, you know, and uh, I'm in French Polynesia, so I think that tells a lot. Very, very preserved, like uh, probably how the Caribbean was 30, 40 years ago.
1: Yeah, before the tourists. I wanted to ask as well, because you've spent like a considerable amount of time in the Caribbean on the Pacific. Uh, can you tell the difference between the quality of the coral reefs in the Pacific where you are in the Caribbean? Like uh, like coral bleaching or anything like that, can you see a difference?
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In the Caribbean, you have to look for a, a spot that you know that it's it's good and right because uh, most of the places the the also it's the environment, uh, yeah. But uh, as as it's also so much affected by hurricanes, so a lot of yeah. contributes to, don't be like here, but. Um, you see the quality of the water and also the land, you know, it's way more there's way more pressure from from human occupation than than here. It's yeah, it's a whole different thing. And mm-hmm. boats as well in a bay, yeah. sometimes you're in a bay in the Caribbean and you have one easily 100 boats. And of course, that's effects. Uh, there's anti-fouling, there's uh, sewage and diesel.
1: Yeah, so, so it's yeah. just more traffic and the amount of people there really that are destroying everything yeah, except- anything else.
2: Yeah, except for Bonaire. Bonaire. that's very
3: they do a great job.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, where the a lot of the people are. Very well their... Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Bonaire is also yeah. fantastic. They're very strict. You cannot anchor. You can uh, you're not allowed to use like uh, the bad sunscreen. Hmm. So they have a lot of regulations and they do a great job and the reef there it's uh it's yeah, it's the corals there are fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. But yeah, that's and the really kind
2: good. of the kind of marine life, it's very different also, I think for the environment, not just because of, uh, I don't know if human action, but uh, here there are different, you, I, we, I see more like uh, other kind of animals that, that in the Caribbean, yeah, yeah. like uh, here we have lots and lots of sharks. In the yeah. South Pacific, French Polynesia. In the Caribbean, I had never seen a shark, maybe once September, or us, twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more like uh, in, in Central, uh, South America, but, uh, Central America, sorry, but it's just a different marine life too.
3: And yeah, and then, and then we start, to, we say, the ABC, Aruba, uh, Bonaire, bon Curaçao, Colombia, Panama, we stay six months in Panama between San Blas, which is another fantastic place, and Bocas del Toro, which is a, a surfing paradise and getting ready and then then we knew that we were already set on crossing the pacific so we were slowly getting ready and uh studying and making little improvements on the boat Mm. to the crossing and uh on march of the following year 2019 we crossed the canal and then once you cross the canal actually once you're in panama the sailing back it's so bad that you want to to keep sailing Uh west actually (laughs) (laughs) okay but yeah once you cross the canal there's no way back and for us there was there was no way back so we knew we're crossing the canal feeling that okay that's that's it the the crossing for the pacific starts here Mm. yeah it's a committed because you pay a high price to cross the canal you don't want to pay that again to cross back you know and yeah man we we did it uh we left we left to galapagos which is a nice kind of break on the trip. It's uh, one week away from Panama.
1: Yeah.
3: We spent three weeks in the Galapagos Island, which is a, a place I always wanted to be. Really nice. And then you, you see everything that you always see in BBC. You know, you're there live. The big you turtles wanna, and stuff.
1: The
3: sea lions, the giant turtles,
0: mm.
3: the sharks. And then finally, Marquesas, so 19 days, 3,100 miles, I guess. Something like that. And yeah, we arrived in French Polynesia, May, yeah, May
1: 2019. It's it's really, I mean, you, you started off this entire journey, like not actually being able to sail. Like you already committed, you fixed up the boat, you already committed to leaving and you didn't actually know how to use the boat. You then got to the Caribbean, you got a new boat, that boat crashed on land. And it's like you've just been making your way and, you know, making things up as you go along but you've had like an incredible story out of it and then to get to the point where you're ready to cross the pacific ocean like that's really impressive what what did you what did you know that you needed to do to the boat to get ready for that crossing
2: oh this is more if they kept well
3: oh man it's uh it's books i think it's just like to be ready and uh i like nautical adventure i think uh the most of the books i was reading and it's just like nautical adventures and experience from other sailors mm. and yeah just like uh, how they face the challenges and that was actually that's was that's the, the for me is the most uh the fun part to be able to pull off a passage or a, a big a uh, big crossing so that's the whole thing of prepare a boat and know what to do and discover what to do it that's the that's the fun part and then when you arrive just like yeah I did it but I think just reading reading experience you know and uh, reading other people talking to cruisers and well once you got confidence and you know how like sailboats work you just uh, have to to find the the synergy the symbiosis if you're on sailboat and just like yeah I talk to my boat you know I talk every single passage even if it's a 10 miles or at 3,000 miles I talk to this boat and say yeah let's do it and
2: and yeah, I think in the in the previous months too, you like you made a checklist of uh, all the things that you want to make sure that were good on the boat and working, and start checking everything. The things we could, we we had like uh, spare parts. Yeah. But of course, we would love to live with a- every spare part possible, but it's yeah. just not not like there, we there's cannot do that. There is
3: a lot of compromise, and you, know, you have to to choose your your your. What you want your points because you cannot have all these spare parts and there are things that you cannot do so uh i fix everything i can myself but if something i'm not sure i'll call someone yeah. you know so just like oh i'm not sure about that and then i'll save some money and i'll, I'll hire a professional to address that particular issue but uh yeah you just have to focus on on, on the points you want you know like ah we didn't have a downwind sale okay but and I didn't have like three thousand dollars to have a downwind sale as well, you know. So I had to come without. I just like I learned how to pull my jib and make the best out of it. And yeah, just uh, slowly, every passage it's it's uh, very nice how much a short passage, like a fifty-mile or a sixty-mile passage, can teach you yeah. in the right circumstances. Sometimes it doesn't teach you anything. Just um, sometimes it's just like so easy and fun, but sometimes it's rough and teach you a lot and you have to to know how to take advantage from these lessons they are there every time every time that the
1: ocean is teaching you whose idea was it to because okay like cruising around the caribbean you this can be a weekend type of experience you know like you can just do little hops here and there you don't really have to commit to anything but once, once you decide to cross the pacific ocean and head towards like australia you've really that's like a 2 3 year commitment, you know. Um, whose idea was it to do that?
2: I don't know. I think it was kind of just like the natural way to keep going.
3: Yeah. Uh, at some point, Europe was an op- a possibility or United States. But, uh, yeah, the South Pacific always seemed more
2: yeah, appealing. More for appealing us, yeah. Because we yeah. like to dive and uh, we love, like, places with lots of... Uh, underwater life and like unexplored nature so we yeah, thought like uh,
3: see more adventurous. yeah maybe
2: we, we for sure want to go to europe one day but we wanted to come first like uh, to the south pacific
1: yeah, you go the and long way around it, for sure
2: our our trip was always like uh we never said are oh, we gonna go around the world it was just like okay we're gonna go to rio de janeiro the like uh if we get there and everything is fine, and we like, we maybe go to Northeast Brazil and then we set goals like little by little. Mm. So once we get uh, in the Northeast Brazil, we said, okay, I, we can go to the Caribbean. And then we arrive in the Caribbean and then, okay, I think we can go to the Pacific. It's always like now uh, when we came here, we said, okay, we can go to French Polynesia. Once we reach there, we're going to see like, uh, now, yeah, we can go to Australia and keep going, but we never do like too too long term plans. We just mm. see how it's going, and, and uh, we've been going uh, far
3: like that. Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking at this this map that's here. This, yeah. Actually, I I printed offshore. I was in a we were in a campaign that was. I had a lot of uh, free time idle time, so I was in my station just researching, and I printed this, and this is the. South the map of uh, pacific and when once i started reading you know just like a new places that okay everybody heard about tahiti but tuamotus Marqueses, uh, pago pago avarua and just like man these places must be the places right <laughs> I, mean, I don't know it's just like <laughs> and, uh, yeah we know ne- we never had the obsessions but uh, we, we felt like coming here
0: yeah. and
3: yeah, that it, it's it's a big commitment, but this was, all, it, we sat long before that was the life we wanted. Mm. And also we we found a way to, to make a living out of it through throughout our channel on YouTube. So combining the both things, you know, we just like, yeah, we can make a living out of it. I think people would like to, to watch about this, a nice place to show people and to discover,
2: and also, uh, I think our first passage from Brazil to the Caribbean—it was eleven days, but it was in a small boat, so it already gave us some confidence. Then, okay, yep. we can do some long passages. Of course, the Pacific crossing is well, was nearly twice of that yeah. long, but then uh, we thought, okay, we had we have a good boat, we can trust this boat, and. Also, it's always in the like mo- I think most sailors' imaginary, you know, like ah, oh, cross the Pacific. It's a big thing. It's uh, such an achievement, and you read on the books and you dream on one day doing that. So
3: yeah, fishing, I think- and, and and in the end, it's everything you I read, you know, everything we we read was there. We we're just like cutting tunas and mahi mahis and like yeah, like uh, smooth winds, because for us it was a very smooth passage. Uh, just, yeah, just uh, every other night uh, a big squall would come, but uh, mm. during the day it was very smooth and steady winds, just like between 15 and 20 knots of wind, and nice. the boat performing as it should. So just like it's great, you know, we don't want to be anywhere else. We kind of forgot about uh, arriving. Of course, there's a lot of nervousness, man. But uh, yeah, it's it's, and I we always used to say to each other, enjoy it, enjoy it, because it's it's something that is rare. Huh? We, I'm not sure if you're gonna do a passage like this this long again and it was really fun it was uh yeah
1: yeah i mean there's not many places in the world you could actually do that type of passage again you know <laughs> just...
3: yeah it's... no yeah this is the longest non uh, non-option non to stop huh? yeah. yeah of course if yeah. you don't want to stop you just can go forever but
1: yeah <laughs> you we had... keep on going around if you want yeah but <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: we had no <laughs> options where to stop yeah and
2: I, I think for me it just works like uh, I prepare. I, I care a lot about preparation and doing all the stuff, but I just don't think too much. Like, uh, I, just let things happen. Like, when it comes to the time to leave, I will worry about like uh, my like being 20 days. I'm not like uh, going crazy all 20 days in the ocean. Just don't think about it. The boat mm-hmm. is ready. Do everything you have to do, and once you you go, you go. You know, like you uh, yeah, you're there. Enjoy it. And enjoy it. Yeah. Don't overthink too much. Uh, I don't mean like preparing and of course, this you need to be really careful, uh, prepare the boat. But after that, just don't freak out. Just Mm. wait for the time to come. And when it comes, you you cannot go back. So just enjoy it.
1: How old were you guys when you actually started uh, or when you left Brazil on the boat? How old were you?
2: I was 30 and you
3: 31. Uh, It's been five years.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: 31, yeah
1: right is it a normal thing in brazil like the cruising life because like in in people from the uk people from europe us it's it's not unheard of you could you do come across it quite often what's that like in brazil is there a big community for it or is it not? no that there is
3: not but now okay. it's uh, becoming more and more popular mm. because before it was a very upper class thing you know the boats yeah like in the 80s the boats were very popular in brazil among uh, rich people mm. But never never an option for just like uh, young folks just to to say around. Yeah. There was people doing it since forever, yeah. but not many. And now it's starting to get more popular also the with like all the vlogs and stuff like that contributing and more people watching say, Oh wow, I can do that. Maybe mm. this, this is for me and people trying at least, because it's not for everyone, but there are more people actually. Trying and seeing this lifestyle as a possibility, especially now with like remote works and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's made a huge difference. Do you get a lot of people do you get a lot of guys reaching out from Brazil, like asking questions like how did you do this? How did you get into it?
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah. 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 yeah a, a lot.
1: lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And it
3: uh, in the beginning it was crazy. And then we said we, we released a series of videos explaining like the most basic things, you know, just like how we cook on a boat, how we go to the toilet on a boat because people (laughs) people don't know you know just like people ask us just like so how do you sleep it's like yeah i lay on my bed and i sleep can you anchor in the
2: middle of the ocean can
3: you anchor in the middle of the ocean and things like that
2: but uh, we understand because it's for us it's something very it's our life we are used to Mm. but for many people it's mailing Brazil is so distant.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, you
2: know, and uh, they got to see I before uh, I met Diego. I had never been on a sailboat So it's it's now it's becoming more popular and in the beginning we we were doing the videos in Portuguese so we had uh, well now also Brazilians keep watching but we we grow a, a big community in Brazil, like uh, so. Yeah, we got a lot of a lot of questions and
3: and it's very rewarding to be able to help and to, to inspire people and just like yeah. people write, ah, oh, I bought my boat because of you and oh, what have you done? No, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> so
1: sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's very nice. Yeah.
3: It's very nice to hear the stories and how oh, you motivate you motivated us. I. I convinced my wife to do the same. We are following your steps, blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah, it's great. It's, uh, I think it's, priceless. Uh, really
1: nice. Yeah. So what made you want to change? Because like, I, I, obviously I don't speak Portuguese. I, I don't, I, I don't know a single word in Portuguese. Um, well, I know Nando's, but I don't actually think Nando's is Portuguese. I think that's a British restaurant that does Portuguese food. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and a It's a name. It's a name. It's a name. Yeah. Fernando. All right.
3: Okay.
1: Fernando's. Um, right. What made you want to switch over to start doing them in English? Because I, I watched them before. Obviously, I couldn't understand. But like the things you were doing when when I remember watching the episode when it came out when you discovered that your boat had uh, tipped over in the yard. Um, and uh, i know i know you then started putting some subtitles on in english as well but what made you yeah. switch and start actually airing them in english
2: this is one of the reasons you just said yeah. <laughs> because uh, yeah we've been we've been out of brazil for 4 years now and we say all around and we really like to connect with people to meet people in the places we are so we thought like okay uh, Portuguese is very is limited to Brazil and Portugal and some places, but English we can reach everywhere like Mm. everybody Uh, So we it was a hard decision for us. Yeah, but in the end we thought, okay, I think uh, Changing to English we still have Portuguese subtitles in all our videos. Yeah for our Brazilian uh, Audience but we thought that uh, that in English we can reach so much more people like when we get to places, it's easier to, you know, to and meet to people, yeah. to make friends, and uh, everybody we meet, they would ask, oh, okay, "We want to watch your videos. Can you tell us uh, what's your channel?" And then they would watch and like, "Okay, I cannot get a word." Yeah. And it was just <laughs> like, okay, we we start becoming very limited to who could watch the videos, hmm. so we thought, okay, maybe we can try change to english and see how it goes
3: and generate opportunities like to be talking to you probably if you're keeping doing in, in portuguese maybe we'll be talking to you and then you know well, just I,
1: like... I, I didn't think you could speak english for such a long time so <laughs> i remember i put i put an episode on once and i was like oh my god they can speak english that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah.
3: so yeah it generates opportunities it's nice for you know to promote our work and yeah we just to connect to more people and now we've been last year we've been to australia and it was great you know just like so many people sending us messages and then oh if you need something we are here in australia so we reach more people and it's it's nice
2: yeah we even like uh we spend uh, we slept in some uh our crew the audience they watch "Ah, if you need a place to sleep you can come to our house and then we end up meeting some of them we had some place to stay so we thought "Ah, since we are in different places in the world i think english maybe we can uh, reach and connect with much more people
1: yeah that's really good yeah but so the super yacht trip that you that you did the um was this a delivery or was it like was the owner wanting his boat in a different location what was that
2: yeah because of covid the owner wanted uh, the crew to take the boat back to europe
1: right okay
2: so we, we were part we only did part of the trip
1: because yeah. the, the, we wanted the, the,
2: to come back to to our boat Mm. But uh, it was a delivery, yeah. So well, we just joined the crew for the delivery of the boat.
1: Yeah,
3: they they increased the the crew for the for the watches for the night passages and stuff like that. So instead of the normal four crew members, they go with six, okay. and that's where we two
1: fit. So that's where you guys jumped on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that looked like an amazing experience. I mean, it was a hell of a boat. That was like a pretty stunning you know, thing to actually go on.
3: It's amazing boat. It's a Royal Housman, uh 114 yeah. feet. Yeah. So uh, I've always looked at this boat and, man, I can you imagine sailing that? <laughs> and we did, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it's pretty much the same thing. The sailing principle still applies, but the the way it kind of attack the waves and uh, it's just uh, so powerful the power yeah. of the reading it's it's so fantastic it's beautiful
2: and it's very comfortable very comfortable yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah i mean you just don't feel much when you're in a boat of that size. it's one of those boats like you'll see it sometimes but oh, i wish i could touch it and then you know to be able to like actually go on it and do proper yeah, yeah really
2: exactly cool. like that
1: yeah it's like oh if i only <laughs> had so much money or a rich friend that would be nice <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes on the on the passage to australia at some point we had some squalls like 35 knots and was like okay let's let's go in yeah. our boat 35 <laughs> knots would be like okay that's strong like uh you know reef and uh and i was like okay it's moving yeah you can feel the the wind but so much so different like than yeah. than from uh, our boat
3: showering every day
2: yeah on a yeah. crossing <laughs> <laughs>
1: All you need is it's like ten we million dollars. Never in had. The shows. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you guys? I, I mean, I know uh, Diego, you work offshore because we like work in the same industry. And then George, you, I, I think on the email it said, um, what was it like? I, I can't remember. Was it marketing or digital or something?
3: Trade analyst. Uh, uh,
2: before, oh, all right, before that's it, okay. Yeah, before, before the bolt, yeah. I used to work with international trade, just okay. like logistics and this kind of stuff. And then uh, I left my job and. Since there, I've been working only on uh, so like only no, but uh, yeah, on YouTube, social media, on our channel, cool, and things related uh, to the boat, yeah.
1: And and how have you found that? So I mean, now, okay, I imagine like Diego, you're in a similar position to me, where work is pretty difficult, yeah. <laughs> so so how how have you found it for? I suppose not just the past year, but just moving into the life where you are like creating uh, videos to make money, like how has that been?
2: Uh, in the first year, we, we started living on the boat. We, were, we weren't doing the videos yet. Mm-hmm. So once we were like settling to the cruising life and getting used to the boat, and after that I was like, okay, I, uh, I want to find something to do. We need to also like to, like some, some work that I can do distance, yeah, mm-hmm. like from the boat and our family was always like trying to understand what was this life we were having like how is it to live on a boat what and you do all day what long. you do all day long <laughs> like, do you get bored uh, do you read books the whole day yeah. and uh, i thought okay i'll uh, start uh, doing some videos not with the frequency we do now like we start putting some videos for family and friends and also mm-hmm. to share with the sailing community in brazil and I saw maybe that's a nice, uh, I, I like to do it, but I didn't know anything. I, I started learning from the beginning mm. and start liking it. So I decided, okay, let's uh, take it serious. At some point, it was like, like, let's take serious and put videos every week, create a, a channel, a proper channel, and things just evolved like that. And then I started uh, studying a little bit, taking some editing courses and stuff like that. Okay. But in the beginning of the trip I didn't I didn't imagine uh, I would be doing that like it was just something that happened along the way I think
0: Yeah she was like a
1: natural progression into it. Yeah. yeah and she became, she
3: put a lot of effort on it and she became quite good and it was nice I was I was uh, working and I was away working and when I came back she, she came with this idea look I'm doing this, this this and even the first one she was using basic equipment and basic, uh,
2: Cell phones, I think. Cell uh, phones
3: uh, and ba- the most basic uh, edit uh, software, and it's still nice. And it's like, wow, that's that's fantastic. And then just got got better and better.
2: And uh, I'm really glad actually because we started when we were uh, about to leave to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So we have these memories of our crossing all like on the video we, we can watch and remember that this is so nice. I'm super happy we we started at that point. So we have. Lots and lots of memories for our daughter to watch now.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and that's it. It's uh, if I if, uh, wasn't working as a business, it's just like the coolest uh, photo album you can ever yeah. ask for. You know, it's like it's videos of your your daily activities and uh, the way the way mm. we try to to show it's uh, very honest and transparent, so it's it's a great it's a great great memory book.
2: Yeah, and then uh, our parents finally understand a little bit. Oh, okay, so that's what, <laughs> what so you how we, that's what <laughs> we've been doing, and nowadays they they don't miss one episode. They watch every week, and uh, they can be a little bit here with us, like seeing what we've seen and uh, living a
3: little bit. Oh, Diego is so. cleaning the beach again. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. I mean, the thing is, it's like it would be. Uh, my wife is constantly telling me to take photos she's like oh take a photo of this take a video of that and I'm terrible at it but it it would be so nice to be able to like show your kids when they get older you know this is how we started this yeah. lifestyle this is how we got here and it's something that really it's only our generation that's able to do because you know 20 30 years ago our parents you couldn't really get a decent video recorder it was yeah, the type yeah. that recorded straight yeah yeah they were like this big they were huge and you know, do, doing a, a video here and a video there on a boat would have been impossible. Like, how would you get 240 and where would you get all the tapes stolen and stuff? So yeah. it's nice just to be able to do so. You've got that there to, like, document your journey so your kids can see at the and, least.
2: Yeah, and you can do it from uh, every, anywhere, like wherever yeah. we are, we can keep doing it. And also when you start getting the answers from people, like mm-hmm. that that's watching the feedback it's really motivating because sometimes it's like as diego said some people like say just changed my life i'm buying yeah. a sailboat or like ah oh, this has been really helpful now i can see it's an option it's a possibility or it's a, it's so nice like how how you can touch people inspire not, yeah. not necessarily to live on a boat because that's not yeah, the no. only the only point so some, no. some
3: people sometimes write as just like a, oh I'm here stuck in the office and you just changed my day. I, I just yeah. took 15 minutes to watch your video and that made my day. Just like, yeah. wow, that's powerful, it's it's nice. Because we all yeah, felt like at some point, you know, uh, like this, the, the books I was, I was reading uh, or, you know, sometimes you are having a very bad day and then you just like read this or you watch this video that uh, takes you to another place on planet and then you are kind of diving or
1: fishing. And yeah, that that's, that's powerful. It's a- but it's nice. Yeah, it inspires a lot of people. I mean, I I left the um I left the UK when I was I think I was like nineteen or twenty, um which was which was pretty young, and especially considering where I'm, where I'm from, not many people actually leave. um But yeah, I remember I I was in an office, uh, I was at my job on the south coast of England, and one of the guys sat opposite me. He was just like, "Oh, I'm leaving. I'm going work in a different country." I was like, "Oh, what country is that?" And it's like, "Oh, th- this is the place." And I just googled it and I looked at it. I was, "Oh, it's amazing." Um, so, yeah, it's those little things, you know, just being able to like see a little snippet of someone else's life yeah. it can really inspire people. And um, especially with you guys as well, because you've had like just such a brilliant journey. You know, it's it's not like you, you saved up for years and you put this huge plan in place. It was just like, oh, my family's got this boat. Well, let's fix it. Let's go somewhere. OK, now go somewhere else. You know, it's, it's just like such a natural trip that you've taken.
2: And you can see our cruising life has been uh, very busy these
3: yeah,
1: years. Yeah, yeah you've a had a few ups of, uh, and downs as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
3: It never gets boring, that's it true. It never gets boring. You, you never made it boring. Yeah. And now I um, have a pandemic and now um, there's a baby coming. So it's there's always some thrill, there's always some excitement. And I think that's uh, very key because the very little moments when it got a bit boring, I felt unmotivated, mm. but uh, there's always something happening and that uh, keep us
1: going. So what's the plan for the future? I mean, you've, you've got the baby coming along. That'll keep you where you are for, I'd imagine, at least a year, just like with regular checkups and appointments and stuff like that. Is the idea to go to Australia, then kind of go around? Or maybe not an idea, but do you have a plan in place of some uh, sort?
2: Yeah, we probably, this first year, uh, we're going to stay here. And also because once we leave French Polynesia, we want to be able to stop on the islands along the way because they're so nice places and hard to, to reach. We're probably not going to come back so soon. Yeah. So we want to be able to stop in Tonga, in Vanuatu, in Niue, in places that are very exotic and remote.
3: And they are all closed now. And
2: they are all closed. So we, we don't want to just sail straight to Australia. And uh, so we want to make sure we, when we live here, we can stop in all these places. So we plan to stay at least one year, here more. And uh, after a year, we see if the borders are open, if the COVID situation is a little bit better. I hope so. Then we plan to, as I said, we set goals. Now our goal is Australia. Mm. So we, when we reach Australia, probably we'll set a new goal. Yeah. <laughs> another, another place. But uh, yeah, yeah, the idea is to spend this year here. In Just the baby to, to see it. We have would, to see. We are new parents also. We have no idea
3: how it's gonna be. And actually, <laughs> there is a there is the timing of the the, the, the season. So we cannot sail from over uh, November. That's when the cyclone season starts. So it's actually a good, very good timing when the season when the cyclone season ends next year. The baby will be around one year, which we consider it's a very good. Uh, age for to start sailing so we set sail next april or so and then yeah uh, on our way it's cook island then newy then tonga fiji uh, vanuatu and finally australia new caledonia. new caledonia and then australia okay so yeah that will be a very interesting next year yeah and
2: this yeah. and this year the the baby is getting used to we are actually more than the baby i think getting used to to have a baby on the boat and
1: baby doesn't do much
2: yeah (laughs) well so our plan is just to say because there are so many places in french polynesia that we haven't seen or we would like to go back so we just start with shorter sails and then just getting used to but we want to see more here while we are in french polynesia so this this next year probably we're just gonna stay around here and also wait for the world to yeah fix
1: itself a little bit yeah <laughs> I mean, so that's cool so I suppose if we're in the Mediterranean maybe in about 10 years you uh, you might reach here <laughs> you're going the long <laughs> way around for sure <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we, we want to we, I, I really want to go to the Mediterranean too.
0: Yeah. Uh, we
2: too. we as you can see we are not uh, in a rush but we want to get there
1: it's cool i mean it's it, it's a different type of place it's not really a place where you'd come if you want to do great sailing but in terms of like history and everything that's available here like you know greece um italy france spain there's like so much so much history so many archaeological sites that you can visit it's it's stunning really um, but yeah in terms yeah. of like exploring new places it's it's very cool yeah and
2: we like to be in different places too like uh we like the south pacific very clear water and diving and stuff we like other places with different cultures like it's just nice to be in different, yeah, different. change we want to we want to go to indonesia also probably yeah after australia so we just we'd like to be on seeing
3: and, what what's in the world and if they manage to take that ship that ship out you can go through the suez canal maybe if they manage to unlock <laughs> that ship maybe say- <laughs>
1: That's insane. there was one meme that i saw online that was actually really funny for that it was like oh how, how did it go it was like some people make a mistake and then some people make a mistake that you can see from space and it was literally <laughs> <a> like <satellite>. this <laughs> or it's like have you ever fucked up so bad that you can see a mistake from space it's
0: something
1: like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty, i don't know well actually no there was an explanation online for that um they said they, they basically said, like, the wind blew it onto one of the banks. But I don't know how the wind would blow a vessel of that size so yeah. far off course. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a mistake yeah, there.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I haven't read much, but it's a big uh, it's a big mistake. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, there was the, the, there's a website that you can go on that um, points at all the uh, shipping vessels. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but I was talking to a guy the other day who works for um, Procter & Gamble, and uh, he was saying, like, the, the logistics industry has literally just lost its shit. Like, it's gone completely crazy. It's cut. Co- this has caused so I much of a problem. And because all the boats are now having to, like, divert all the way and go, you know, around uh, South Africa, which they wouldn't usually do. So, yeah, we've probably not seen the real impact of it yet. But, um, yeah, the guy who I was speaking to him in logistics, he was like, this is a major, major event wow. that's going on. Like, there's a lot of stuff happening.
3: It's incredible, yeah. huh? How It's yeah, a simple I've thing, been... how, how dependent... How easy is, yeah? How easy is to clog the 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 logistics of the planet is one, yeah. One way, one water way that is clogged and that's
1: mm. it. But it would be the same if you happened. Well, I mean, the Panama Canal is probably a bit different. I mean, you've gone through it. It's it's a it's a lot more of a sturdy structure, whereas the Suez Canal, it is just it's sand that's been moved out of the way and pushed to the side. There's no like wall formations. It's just I, yeah. I think it's just like rock and then the thrown more sand on top. Um, so yeah, probably not as structurally sound as like uh, as the Panama Canal, but uh, yeah, I think they need to do some improvements to that. <laughs> Stop that from happening you again. Know. Yeah. Cool. Well, listen, it's been, it's been really good talking to you. Thanks for, you know, giving us the um, the lowdown on your journey and your experience. And uh, it, it's great how much you're inspiring people. And, um, you know, it's like you said, people are buying sailboats and uh, people are deciding to travel the world because of you. So please uh, keep it up. I, I'm really looking forward to watching your videos ahead. And uh, good luck with this baby.
2: Oh, thank you so much. It was really nice to, to talk with you too. Yes, it's a big pleasure for us.